1: UK Tech Weekly Podcast.
2: Welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. It's a sausage fest with more in-jokes than a school reunion. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have two topics to talk about today. Oh. <laughs> I did have it muted before I checked the levels. Um, we've got Scott Carey, thanks for joining us, online editor of Tech World. Hello. Uh, Neil Bennett, the editor of Digital Arts. Hello. And Don Preston, uh, staff writer at Tech Advisor. Hi. I'm Henry Burrell, and we're going to talk first of all, Mr. Neil Bennett, about Microsoft Surface Pro.
1: Well, before we talk about the actual product itself, I think we should talk about the uh, the launch, which Microsoft grandly cocked
2: up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, they don't have a great track record uh, with launches. They tend to get mocked um, just because Apple set the bar so high. So what do they do this time?
1: Well, they decided to launch in Shanghai in China, which, you know, was a sensible move because as well as launching a new product, they are also going to launch their entire line of Surface products into China. Okay. Um, now, obviously, you know, China is not known for having the world's best net connection with the rest of the world. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, th- they decided we're not going to do an official live stream. Um, okay. You know, because of the great, you know, what's the great firewall of China? or whatever they call them, done. probably uh, yeah, cause some, some issues. So they thought they'd just do a live blog, uh, which didn't work. They couldn't actually live blog the, their own event. Um, so the, us here decided, ended up watching a live stream on some weird Chinese Tumblr-esque social media site, trying to hear what uh, Microsoft VP, uh, VP of whatever he is, um, um Pane, was saying um, underneath a live translation. Um, Brilliant. Uh, uh, you know, uh, into one of the Chinese dialects. So uh yeah that was a bit of a cock up but then you know that that was a, you know a, a something which I don't think had a major impact on the, the you know the the what people thought of the product by the time the news came out um people were more interested in the actual uh, thing itself uh, it's called the surface pro it's not called the surface pro 5 because you know as the numbers get higher i think the impact of going right this is the new one and is it also
2: yeah. potentially because not much is new
1: yeah i mean it's kind of oh. like
2: <laughs> Hot take right there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know. It depends who who, who you'd ask, really. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's got the latest chips. It's got faster storage. It's apparently 20% faster overall. But the, the biggest issue, I think, for a lot of people is the, you know, the Surface Pro 4 that they bought last year is probably good enough for, for what they want. Um, the one, the, the area where they have upgraded it um, is for artists, and you know, artists were a big kind of group that they were trying to push the, um, the Surface Pro 4 to, yeah. um, but it wasn't the main audience. They're kind of like the 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 cool, the aspirational audience. You say, right, if I can get these people to use the Surface Pro 4, then the uh, you know everybody else who wants to be. Uh, or wants to think of themselves as creative, is going to go and buy this product. Um, It's what
3: Apple have been doing for for decades. I was Um, talking to HP um, this week about the exact same thing, where they were saying that, um, obviously, the way we we market a lot of our big workstations and a lot of our dream colour displays is for the artists and for the animators. But really, it's like less than 10% of our actual market. But those are the stories that we like to tell, and those are the aspirational sort of market That we like to push it on, but really, you can't make a huge amount of money on that smaller market can you
1: no but it's a lot cooler to say all right our, our products were used in the creation of uh, you know whatever the latest dreamworks film is yeah uh, rather than saying oh it helped make you know bbs well. other- <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah. actually you know, um, i remember uh, you know going mm-hmm. with hp uh, to cam which you were talking about yeah. and uh, the big production was, so it was over the hedge starring uh, oh, yeah, a, a no. barely remembered animated film yeah. with um, bruce willis and uh, but in reality Um,
3: it's getting used by like architects and financial
1: services that's that's where the real real money's made mm -hmm. that's where all the kind of big workstations go into but again no one wants to read a story um well a story that's about how much you know i don't know barclays have have used these workstations to make billions of pounds of profit through trading or here's how it was used to make a cool film you know which is kind of the the more fun more fun product um so more fun story but yeah, going back to the Surface Pro quickly. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, yeah, you know, they've got a better pen, so it's better for drawing. It's got it's much more sensitive. You mm-hmm. can draw better with it. Um you can tilt it in a way that um you can kind of push it almost flat, so like uh, you know what they call a, a drafting table, what I, you know, my parents would have called a draftsman's table, but you know, yeah. If we, our language has moved on since then. Uh um, yes, yeah, so it's slightly off off um off flat, so you could it's better and it's more comfortable for for drawing. Uh, and there's a new keyboard, which is uh, made of a substance which I've been spent the week calling Alcantara. Uh,
2: Alcantara, isn't it? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I think Alcantara <laughs> is possibly a Spanish resort
3: awash with cheap booze yeah. for four life choices. It sounds like
2: but, a spell uh, from Harry Potter. Yeah, it?
3: Alcantara is the, the guy that plays for Bayern Munich, isn't it?
2: Uh, well, I think I was... So, yeah, alacantara. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a problem here. There we go. <laughs> like I a, think I
1: think it is Alicantara, but, um, but it's
2: like a weirdly um it's like man-made, isn't it? It's right. fake suede. Yeah, fake suede. I'm not
1: quite sure why oh, they're okay. making a big deal of it. With this thing is made of fake suede. It's like, "Oh, this jacket why? is made of leather." A lot of people I
2: mean, have been not... like worried that that's just going to get filthy really quickly. Cuz if you like computers are mostly metallic like laptops and things you don't really notice when your macbook is absolutely disgusting yeah but if you've got like a a fabric keyboard with your sweaty palms all over it surely that's not that's not going to last long is it well it's used
1: a lot in cars okay and you know my car's pretty dusty but that's probably because (laughs) i've got children i live in the countryside and everyone seems to trek in massive amounts of dirt into the car um but yeah well we'll we'll see we're gonna we're gonna have a look at it in a couple of weeks and i'll report back of actually whether it's any good or not from yeah
2: and from a techie point of view um I wanted to talk quickly about how micro- uh, why it's important that Microsoft is making hardware. I mean, they've been doing the Surface Pro for a little while, but there's also the Surface Laptop, which they released a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I will not release. It. It's not out yet. But i was looking at the pricing, and for a Surface Pro, you're talking about uh, you know, that market where they do make the money. And I presume they're making the money in their high-end version as well, because yeah. the Surface Pro starts at seven nine nine, but that's with a Core M three processor, which you're not going to be able to do much serious work on. And no, it goes what? up to about two and a half grand for the high-end.
3: Yeah, one. they're
1: pretty. Yeah, and and you have to pay pay extra for the keyboard and for the um, yeah. They don't come with for, it. They the the don't come with well. it, do they?
2: Keyboard's one hundred and fifty, I think. How How's the head? Um,
1: depends. <laughs> What's 90 quid or something? I was going to say, if it's three
3: figures, that's ridiculous. But no, it's,
1: it's not far it's, right. The Apple, yeah. Apple Pencil 99 I know. Yeah, you know. know.
2: Um, and, the, yeah, and then the Surface laptop is uh, 979 with a Core i5, but it's a bit cheeky because it's the low-power i5. It's not the real thing. Um, and that only runs uh, Windows 10 S which I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before. But, yeah, so the Surface Pro will, w- will run for Windows Home or Pro, I think it comes with Pro. But, yeah, the Surface Laptop only runs 10S, which is a new operating system. We, we can only download apps from the Windows Store. And I think that's a weird move. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been targeting it at um, sort of the education market, where in the US at least Chromebooks are, are dominant, um, and also to students. But for a £1,000 and a laptop that you basically can't install any third-party applications on and will you can't change the default browser, so you have to use Edge for everything. <laughs> oh, <my>. oh, God. <laughs> Edge, is, <laughs> Edge is also terrible. See, but it is a big deal, isn't it, though, that Microsoft is making hardware because it failed so miserably in the phone market. Is this, is this encouraging for, for, for them?
1: I think it's encouraging, uh, you know, for pushing things forward. I mean, the reason why two and ones got big is because Microsoft made such a success out of the, uh, out of the you know the original Surface Pro three and then then the four. Yeah. And it's something where they, you know, I mean, they they <laughs> built that market. I mean, yes, there've been accusations that they basically built that market by giving away <laughs> a lot of uh, Surface Pro. <laughs> they can afford for, it. For, for three, for free. I mean, that's a, that's a rumor where I have no. I say I have no actual proof <laughs> on it, but it's something which is much said in the industry. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's if you if you want to find the next generation of devices, it's great that, the, that Microsoft are, are sort of developing these things. Not all of them are going to work. You know, yeah. The Surface Phone or whatever, this you know, mooted idea of doing a Windows Phone, it's not going to probably you know be able to take on the the iPhone or the uh, you know or,
2: or
3: Android. But well, if yeah, they d- that that Nokia. Uh- acquisition really went well for
2: Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, going to pause uh, that's right. so on the I, I was wondering he's buzzing well he's left the building um, I don't know what to do that's never happened before
3: <laughs> we've we never had anyone leave now we can say horrible things I was going to say well,
2: what, what, what's your least favourite thing about Neil <laughs> 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 um, do, I, do I keep going oh he's back oh, he's cool um that's completely thrown me uh, i was Sorry. also oh, that's all right, i was going to mention it with the two-in-one market um, um have you used the two-in-one before for like actual work because I, I was at a um, launch in berlin earlier this week for huawei's basically surface pro version um they just updated it. it's called the matebook a matebook e i'm trying to use it for all my work um it, it does slow down a little bit
3: sometimes is this um, the one that's like an ipad with a keyboard Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. friend of mine's got one. He absolutely loves it. Mm. And he uses it for work. And he uses it when but he travels. It's Windows one, right? It's not Windows yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft one, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's actually, it's quite attractive. Like, it is like <laughs> gloriously overpriced and underpowered. Yeah. But, so, is it, some... <laughs> does it cost
3: more than the Surface Pro? The Huawei one. No. The the so does the pro so does the Surface Book cost more oh, than right. the PC basically?
2: Yeah. This, so the Surface this is what yeah so it's quite confusing. There's there's the Surface Pro which is the turn one and that yeah. starts at seven nine nine. Then the Surface Laptop which runs a kind of um, crippled version of Windows. Oh, and that's an all in one. Yeah. And no that yeah that's just a, a proper yeah. laptop that's nine seven nine. But then they also have the Surface Book. Which is a detachable laptop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, they, they God, got they yeah. got the three. They got the three now. Yeah.
3: Okay. And
2: that's that's like a lot of money. I think the cheapest one of those is like seventeen hundred. Blimey. I might be wrong though. Someone's gonna someone's gonna correct me. If anyone is listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So is is that the next exciting phase of computing? Two in ones, or are we kind of are we slowed up a little bit? And because smartphones, obviously, they've only been around about ten years, and it's, yeah. everything's accelerated so fast. Um, Time, I mean
1: they have been phenomenally popular I mean you know to the point where you would think, oh originally when they launched Surface Pro 4 it's just going to be for artists and then you realise that you know our entire in- international sales team here at IDG has got Basically, got Surface pros, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's that kind of because they're very simple and very easy to travel with. I mean, I use an iPad Pro with a keyboard because if I'm sitting on a you know Southern trains on the way in in the morning and you're kind of in a little cooped up little seat, you're gonna you know, you need to have a touch screen. That's just so much easier to use yeah. than trying to click around on a little trackpad when you're yeah. hemmed in with a billion other people. So uh, yeah, it may, it makes sense to to use um, you know a two in one if you're traveling a lot. But uh, it seems like
3: laptops are, are more popular these days. This is what people seem to be buying. Yeah, I think the term "one's a good bit of kit." Are, are Microsoft sort of the leaders in that market, or are, who's the real big competition? Is it Huawei?
2: Yeah, I mean Microsoft do have it with the Pro, uh, the Surface Pro, and then um, the iPad Pro. I think it's a clever product in that Microsoft, uh, sorry, Apple is able to kind of. Get, get in on, on those customers. Yeah, I there. seldom
3: see people with Neil's setup though, with yeah. the keyboard iPad Pro setup.
2: It's, it's an expensive setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's also a very large device. Like um, obviously Neil uses it a lot for work um, and that's why the big screen, it kind of does act like a laptop. Mm. But not many people are going to go out and buy a 12-inch iPad Pro for Netflix. No, no. It's
1: the smaller one, I see. I see a reasonable number of people sitting on the train mm. um, using the smaller iPad Pro with the keyboard, like doing their own okay. stuff like that. People going into the city. Um, but yeah, they're there next to you know a much larger bunch of people who are sitting there with a you know clunky old Lenovo ThinkPad laptops. <laughs> with the little uh, yeah. Yeah, the red little thing the in the middle of the keyboard.
2: Yeah, it does my Love it. Uh, uh, they sell so many of those to enterprises. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, the fastest growing market, I think. Uh, well, this is what companies tend to tell me in, in interviews uh, is the like the, the detachable market, like a, a computer that you can kind of clip the screen yeah. off. Yeah, Because uh, um, you got that exact level. Guy, he wants to, yeah, lay like say, watch stuff on the train and everything, but he doesn't want to carry around something that looks lame. Like yeah. like CIOs love the turn ones because they get to carry around like a folio. I don't know. That's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> I just repeat what I'm told. <laughs> um, any other anything else to say about that? I mean. Apple does have its iPad Pro, but we think at WWDC next month, it's going to spec bump all the MacBooks. Is that important for the design uh, industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the MacBook Pro is still kind of generation behind, um, but it doesn't have a touchscreen. Apple doesn't believe that touchscreens are, are the future because I suppose, you know, they, they seem to design hardware for business class mm-hmm. rather than economy or, you, mm. know, they, they expect, you know, they seem to build everything expecting it's going to be used in some way you've got arm room. Whereas I think Microsoft's very aware that, uh, you know, when you travel around, you're offering cooped-up spaces, so a touchscreen is, is better than a... Um, also, I suppose Apple doesn't want to cannibalize the iPad yeah. Pro market by making a, a touchscreen. They'll we'll never Pro. do it, with it. Yeah. Well, who, who says, you know, the, we always thought, oh, they'll never launch a phone. And,
2: you know, and then
4: they
1: launched the <laughs> iPhone back, when was it, like 15 years ago? So something.
2: then yeah, the, the last thing that they added to the MacBook Pro was the Touch Bar. Yes. Uh, which just seems like adding another... Annoyance.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's also it's something which requires you know, all the application makers yeah. to actually build support into it, and very very yeah. few have done. You know, I think Microsoft has with Office, and um, uh, Adobe's done it with a couple of apps. But generally, it's you know, there's no reason it's, you're building a you know a, you're updating software or adding new features to software for one piece of hardware. It yeah. might change if Apple launch an iMac with a keyboard that's got a touch bar yes. as part yeah. of it. Um, that that would then make it more, you know, or, and then you could buy that keyboard and attach it to the iMac that you already own, or etc. Yeah. That would that would be more sensible. Um, but yeah, at the moment, there's barely any support, and you know, those, those application makers are also being asked to add um, support for things like the dial that comes with the Surface Studio, and actually works yep. with the Surface Pro as well, which is a little sort of hardware um, hockey puck-shaped thing which you can use to kind of twist and control. So if you're trying, you know, if you've got and all, you know, if you're Adobe, for example, and you've got Microsoft saying, "Can you support this device, which works on a number of different things?" Yeah. And um, Dell does; it's um, built into Windows. The support for these hardware devices, Dell's doing its own one um, as well. And you've got so you've got quite a lot of devices there that can use that. And then you've got Apple saying, "Oh, we've got one laptop. Can you build support for a feature that's built on just this one laptop?" I think we know where you know Adobe and those guys are mm. going. And that's encouraging for
2: for companies like Microsoft. As well, um, yeah. who've been out the hardware game for so long, and now Apple has potentially misstepped with that touch bar. I think, anyway. The only people I've seen using that computer are journalists who have either forked out for one or it's on loan. I'm not seen. I'm not seen a single one. No, I've not seen one. No, I've never seen. But then again, then seen. again, that's because to come full circle, yeah, you don't want it on the train, <laughs> yeah. which is where you see all these devices anyway. Yeah. And uh, also,
1: designers, yeah, it replaces <laughs> their function keys, and designers use function keys because you always yeah. have shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. <know. laughs>
2: Yeah, so like so, d- th- it, isn't there the thing? Yeah, it, obviously you can turn down the volume on a on a Mac function row, right? but on this new laptop by default, you have to do two presses to get there. It just kind of yeah. complicates simple simple things.
1: Yeah, whereas most laptops, you know, you've got an up and down volume <laughs> control. You know, having be able to use a slider using your finger over, you know, using a, like two buttons to put the volume up and down is not a step forward in technology. <laughs> in way worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's just so expensive as well. Yeah, it's like seventeen hundred, I think. Mm. Mm, fun times, thank you. Anything else to add on that, Neil? Or should no, I ask that's, my that's
1: that's it. I mean, yeah, you're quite right. There is there's not a huge amount of new stuff with the Surface Pro 5, but uh, yeah, we want to see more launches where mm. they all go horribly wrong. So they are quite funny. It. I mean, they're a
2: pain for us because we don't know what's going on um, if you are in the office, but it is also quite funny. <laughs> Thanks, Microsoft. Uh, quickly go around the room. Neil, are we just scratching the surface or what lies beneath?
1: I've got no idea what you mean by that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I about anything. it never matters <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with just scratching I, the
2: surface or what lies beneath
1: I'm going to go with what lies beneath because I quite because I quite like the Surface Pro 5
2: okay that's the bad one but anyway no. you've got it done <laughs> uh, uh, scratching the surface then. Excellent. Excellent. that's the good one <laughs> thank you uh, what <laughs> lies beneath <laughs> yeah, excellent a terrible film in case you're interested uh, cool coming up next a little bit about film uh, with Can and Netflix Scott Carey, you've been rubbing elbows with all sorts of big wigs and hot, hot knobs uh, <laughs> down, down at Cannes, haven't you? I have. I yeah? have.
3: I've been on the crossette this week.
4: <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Introducing WonderSuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com/Wondersuite.
4: Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time.
3: Cinematic establishment and uh, Netflix, the streaming okay. giant.
2: So we all love Netflix, but why don't the French?
3: Yeah, the the, the French um, aren't uh, as as enamoured with uh, Netflix as we are. So basically, uh, Netflix this year has two films in the actual um, Cannes Festival okay. in in the judging, so it's up for awards like the Palme d'Or um, and things like that. So you've got um, the Maorit stories, which is a Adam Sandler. Ben Stiller vehicle. Yep. Um, sort of. Uh, which sounds bad, right? But apparently, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's <laughs> made by Noah Baumbach, so yep. it's like a very um, talky comedy, um, very can sort of comedy, basically. And then the other um, film that they've got up is uh, Okja, which is by um, Bong Joon Ho um, or terrorist, um Korean director, Yeah, Korean. Um, and basically around Okja, this is where the controversy sort of uh, came up because when it was projected for press, um, it was misprojected. In so the, uh, ratio. It was in the wrong ratio. Look,
5: right, if there's photos and it? it's really like mobile phone screen <laughs>
3: aspect ratio, <laughs> extreme
2: portrait. And I read the curtains didn't open properly or something. Yeah, it all, so it all
3: apparently the French press um, were sort of baying blo- for blood already and then once this happened they were full-on <laughs> booing um at the screen great um so like some press reported that they were booing the netflix logo some press said that they were booing the um like technical issues can't really tell from the outside but what we can tell is that the um french um cinematic uh, like Organization, so their version of the BFI basically, um, are um, quite anti Netflix. And this is because French law dictates that a, any movie that's shown in theaters has to wait 36 months yeah, right. until it is then put on a streaming service. Okay. Which is very anti Netflix yeah. business model, where it wants it on its streaming service as soon as possible. So Netflix decided they weren't going to screen Okja or Meyerowitz, um Stories in French cinemas, because they want to put it on to streaming services. Okay. Which, when you're showing it at Cannes Film Festival... <laughs> that's something
2: that's definitely happening, right? It's not yeah, going to be in no, French cinemas. it's not
3: going to be in French cinemas. Um, so the French press took took Umbridge with this. Um, the um, French Film Association, um, whatever their official title is, took Umbridge with this. And Cannes actually ended up coming out with a um, press release saying that they will not... Um, allow films to enter the competition in future years that will not be shown categorically in French cinemas. Right. So they've taken quite a strong stand against um, against Netflix in, in this essence.
2: So is it um, reasonable to suggest that neither of these films are going to win any awards?
3: Well, it's definitely sort of dented... They're um they holding in terms of getting awards. That I mean neither would probably have won anyway. I mean Okja is a very I haven't seen it, but it sounds a very strange film, <laughs> um, even by Cannes standards. It's about um Tilda Swinton, um who uh develops a strand of um uh super pigs right right so giant pigs that can be farmed for uh, food but then a young korean girl falls in love with the pig um and then it becomes sort of a weird adventure movie where um a bunch of people are trying to protect so animal protectionists yeah. and um also um jake gyllenhaal in a really strange role is trying to protect the pig and then tilda swinton and all her corporate lackeys are trying to kill the pig We've seen seen the
2: episode of South Park where they work out how
3: Family Guy was made and it's sea otters picking balls with random words (laughs) out of a hat. It sounds like that. It does sound like that. (laughs) Um, So, and then Tilda Swinton came out and said, look, we didn't really come here to win awards. It's just a great honour to actually have a Netflix produced movie be on the screen at the Palais. Um, Was she she booed for saying that? (laughs) Uh, No, I doubt (laughs) it. I I, I don't think think... she'd ever get booed for anything that she does. She's got a good rep. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely two sides to the coin here. There's, there's, there's obviously a very, um, a very simple debate to be made. It's, it's whether you side with Netflix and you say that basically these movies, um, can be screened like straight on Netflix. They don't have to be put in cinemas. Um, and it's just good that they're supporting, you know, mid range, Mm. uh, or terrorist filmmakers, or you can take the, the very French traditional route where you say that these films, should be put on the big screen and they should be experienced by cinema goers in that sort of setting rather than in your home and my favorite thing about this whole um incident is how um at the at one of the press conferences of the um judging panel um which uh, the president of the um judging this year is the spanish author pedro Almodovar, and also on the panel is will smith <laughs> Um, For and himself. funnily yeah. enough, um, they actually fell very conveniently on either side of the fence during the, the press conference. So Pedro was arguing vehemently that these films, um, any film in the Cannes Festival should be put on the French, uh, should be in theatres. And Will Smith said that um, Netflix is uh, a great thing because it sort of democratises um, interesting filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. So, it sort of depends on where you fall either yeah. side, and I'd love to know where you fall, Dom. Yeah, Dom loves the film. What do you think?
5: I'm I'm firmly on the Netflix side of this. I mm. think um, th- it's sort of a funny issue, because if you look at the sort of films that normally play in Cannes anyway, <coughs> they're the sort of films that if they do make it into cinemas, no they play for a couple of weeks in art house cinemas and no one sees them. Like Antichrist, and it's, and yeah, things it's like that. Yeah, it's good that those films do make it into cinemas, but <coughs> actually like, Netflix will tout the fact that they can take those films, put them in front of a way wider audience, and people will actually see them—the people who wouldn't go to a small art house, independent cinema, who just wouldn't find those films because they're not playing at the multiplexes. Um, so films like Okya, you know, people will see it because it's on Netflix. More people than ever would mm-hmm. if it just had a cinema release, and they wouldn't get made otherwise. I mean, yeah, uh, the director has made a point of saying he's had the most creative freedom of his career working with Netflix on this film. He's never had anything like it working with any other studio because Netflix are much happier to just say, yeah, cool, we want we want to have the clout of having you as a director making a film for us, do what you want. The only stipulation they had for him was that he had to shoot on digital, not yeah. on film. But other than that, they pretty much let him do what he wanted, which see, is a great thing.
3: It's exactly where I fall as well. And Ben Stiller was interviewed um, about this during the festival. He's in the Marowitz stories. And um, he said that, Netflix are the only ones making interesting movies in the mid-budget that the studios used to make in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And all of the small studios now have um, basically either been swallowed up into the machinery of the big Hollywood studios or just been killed off um, because they now only make movies with, you know historic IP, like Alien, yeah. or um, are part of a Marvel franchise. <laughs> um, so as someone that loves cinema, I think Netflix do a really great job of supporting independent filmmakers and small filmmakers. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is, as someone that loves cinema, I love going to the cinema as well. And you can Absolutely. see a very slippery slope argument here yeah. that if you start um, allowing more and more movies to never hit the cinemas that you're just going to kill the cinema. Yeah. And I think this is where the French are coming from, you know, in mm. in their own sort of it's it's quite they they do it in not the nicest way really because they Mm. can just be so hardline about these things and so traditional but i think their heart is in the right place i think they 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 just need to adapt a little bit like 36 months is absolutely ludicrous in this day and age yeah
5: that should hopefully be changing the speculation is that uh macron is going to be pushing to shorten that somehow i don't imagine they'll allow day and date which is when it hits Netflix no. at the same time it hits cinemas. Mm. But there's, I can't imagine 36 months is going to stay in place. No, for and,
3: and I, I can't imagine it being cut by anything less than about 24 months. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think
5: it will end up somewhere sub a year, which is still too long for Netflix. Yep. But uh, is is at least a bit friendlier.
3: It sounds like a rule that was built for the DVD VHS era. Yeah, exactly. And they've just been as they, just as they can be slow, yeah. slow to adapt to the changing um, like habits
2: yeah. of viewers. Like, this whole narrative and the whole story, it, it is a good one because it's like you know the hardline French elite versus yeah. like the young, cool upstart who who made it. But are they also a bit more genuinely worried about the fact that Netflix exists as this like behemoth of uh, like everything that they things wrong with cinema. But then you mm-hmm. also have like Amazon has just powered a load of money into American Gods. Yeah. Which I'm yep. nearly as familiar with. Yeah. Um,
3: Amazon also um, yeah, made um, yeah. Manchester by the Sea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Amazon Amazon are
5: interesting because they take a really different approach to Netflix, which is they do also make original content. They actually have a film in Cannes as well, Wonderstruck. Oh yeah. Todd Haynes' film. Todd Haynes. Um, but they are much more open to theatrical releases. So yeah, they've had uh, like The Lost City of Z, Manchester by the Sea, The Handmaiden, uh, all of those from the last year. Are uh, films that Amazon either had some production or distribution role in, but they give them theatrical releases as well say, as I putting them on I the didn't video know platform? That those
2: films where Amazon led? Yeah. Is, that, is that where the industry's gonna go? Uh, a company's gonna get behind films, but kind of keep it hush hush? Well, they, N- they... Netflix is very front and center like, we made this film, I'm gonna, gonna put it out on the same day. Yeah, yeah well,
3: like I think you know. Better than me about this, Don. But like, basically, they take they take slightly different approaches, don't they? Where Netflix will actually like commission and yeah. like support the project, whereas Amazon will come in slightly later, a little bit more like a traditional studio or distributor. Yeah, a bit more like a money man.
5: So yeah, Amazon. Yeah, they, they tend to come in more after something's been put together, or will just put money in, and they yeah. come in as a distributor and have less of a creative role, I guess. Whereas Netflix is more happy to come in at the beginning of a project. And, uh, and see it take Although that old school studio role of really like shepherding the film through from yeah, beginning to end.
3: But ironically, take basically no creative exactly. Yeah, no, but without studios, actually they don't give notes. their foot down on things. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: my, my concern is that um, you know it sounds like Amazon is just you know giving you know, creating these independent films purely as a kind of PR exercise. I mean, yeah, we're talking. You know, you say it's great that these people are going up against the studios, but if if they win. What will go on from, you know, how many big studios are there in Hollywood? The five, uh, six, I think, yeah, is normally yeah, the six. big sound about. Half yeah, and now it's like down to two. Yeah, if, if it's Amazon and Netflix, and it's great while they're supporting independent filmmaking, but if if they win and in five years' time they think, oh, there's no money in independent films, we're going to stick to making TV shows, and you know, oh, what could, you know, should we make this great artistic film or another series of RuPaul's Drag Race? You know you're gonna and they go well. This gets this many viewers. Yeah, this you know at the moment there is a lot of scope for these films to be made by Amazon because they want to establish them as serious players.
3: Mm. That doesn't overly worry me though because I think Netflix and Amazon, their model is to flood their service with content. Yep. And independent films are cheap to make. You know they they can pay. You know someone like Todd Haynes maybe two three million and Mm. like it would be a small low-key movie it doesn't need any special effects it needs a couple of top name stars and you just pay for the talent whereas um you know the big studios now have to put up you know 300 400 500 million to get a film made so i think they're they're definitely more in the volume business but there's also a lot of quality there
1: but it, yeah, I suppose, and do they? If, it depends on if they get as much money back because obviously you'll pay your six ninety nine, your nine ninety nine a month, and you can mm. get to watch as many of these. You know, do the film? Do the studios get as much money back from that? From the idea of you know when we used to go down to Blockbuster and mm. rent a movie, or go to HMV and buy a DVD. Yeah, Which, yeah. you know, we, it's a concept we don't really talk about, even though you know it's you can go on iTunes and buy the film, you can go on iTunes and rent the movie we always talk we seem to talk about it's cinema or streaming. This yeah. mi- this middle ground seems to have disappeared. But it is
3: interesting from the from market perspective because Netflix and Amazon are basically um running sort of the Tesco principle where these independent movies can be lost leaders because you know, they're not making any money off the movie itself. They're making money off their entire library. Yeah. So if they can bring in, you know, A couple of hundred people because they've got a really cool independent film that someone wants to watch on there. That person's then locked into a subscription, and then they can get stuck into the rest of the content. So instead of like where the old studio would, you know, take a bet on something low key like Octa and hope that it makes money, it doesn't really matter to Netflix. You know, as long as they can pull in a few net new subscribers, which is why I think the model works a lot better for independent cinema than the traditional model.
1: I suppose also that Amazon is trying to upsell you as well so if it gets you oh, in every, you go, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean the, the the current version of the app in my mind can just I'm not allowed to swear on this are we <laughs> anyway. of course you can okay well the Amazon can <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know, I've, I've got Amazon Prime I'm looking through all the films I can watch and the TV shows I can watch and e- every second thing is trying to sell me oh do you want to subscribe mm. to Shudder do you want to subscribe mm. to in, you know, particular mm. channels of content but it,
2: even, even the service itself I mean I know less about the film industry than you guys but I mean I, I, I subscribe to Netflix but I don't have Amazon Prime I think it's, a, it's such a fragmented service at the moment Amazon as a company has just got the money to just do whatever they want uh, for some reason, also seven ninety nine a month sounds better than eighty pounds a year to me, which I know is stupid. because oh, yeah, it's more, more, but it totally does. Yeah, <laughs> but then you, oh, you get like free one day delivery. You get what else do you get with Amazon Prime? You get you can, like, uh, get, if you get you, some free books,
5: you get you... music, something
2: some of the Amazon Music stuff. I think. Yep, yeah. but That's... does anyone use Amazon Music? Not... I have
3: no idea. No. they're <laughs> advertising a lot at the moment. I saw a stat the other day that a ludicrous amount of American consumers are Amazon Prime subscribers. Really, oh, yeah. um, touching fifty percent. But I've got Amazon it's Prime ridiculous. and I've got Spotify Louisville.
1: because you don't get the new albums on on Amazon Music. Mm. Right. No. You have to pay for some extra music service um, if you want anything half decent. So. Mm. There are some other things. I don't know what
2: <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're all hidden away. There's like Amazon Pantry. We can get like uh, your milk delivered.
3: <laughs> well, they're going to do pharmaceuticals. Really? They yeah. announced this week that they're going to do um, sort of direct-to-door pharmaceuticals, um, which will... Absolutely destroy small pharmacy chains. Yeah. Great. What a, what a lovely note to end on. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> we came <laughs> came right away from lovely film there to, to that.
2: Um Anything you want to wrap up? Wrap on? No,
3: I mean I think that, that that's it really, and I I just think it's it's a debate that's going to rage and rage. Um, I think next year will be very interesting. Now that can have taken a, a strong line on this, so Netflix. So depending on if Macron does manage to change the law in time, yeah, it, it puts Netflix in a pretty tricky situation next year because yeah, I think they, they, they want, just won't turn up to can. They just won't turn up. They've just like, said it's much less attractive
5: if that's the case. So yeah, they won't bother.
3: These guys want to win awards, like yeah. um Netflix. Like, did they get nominated for any Emmys this year?
5: Uh, I'm sure they did. They're, yeah, because these the big
3: these guys want a contender. These guys want awards because it absolutely like, yeah. justifies their investment, and they want the like hype and the media attention. Yeah. But. In the grand scheme of things, they're not going to sacrifice a movie being put on their streaming service yeah. for, like, three years just exactly. for the chance of winning a Palm d'Or, which they're probably not going to win. Yeah. And the thing is that, uh, like, they can just do all the other film festivals. Like, Cannes yeah. is, you know, the top but the rest are fine. Like, Sundance are fine. They've adapted. Yeah. And they can just show stuff out of festivals. They can, can show they? stuff out of festivals. So yeah. Cannes this yeah. year had two TV shows for the first time. It um, showed David Lynch, former Palm d'Or winner. Um, it showed Peaks. Twin Peaks, The Revival, and... um it showed uh, Top of the Lake as well, so it's showing that they are, they're recognising TV yeah. as a genuine art form now.
5: It's also worth noting a lot of the problem here is just that French law, because, say, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, also stick plate that film has to have screened in LA specifically to be eligible. But, uh, it, but that's it fine be because the run. American... Yeah, it just has to screen in a cinema, and yeah, the did, American laws are much less forgiving on day-and-date stuff. So. They,
2: they did that with the uh, the OJ documentary that won the Oscar. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, such a good
3: documentary. Yeah.
2: On a self-indulgent final note, have you seen Alien Covenant?
3: I have. Yeah, I went to see it um, a couple of nights ago. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was better than Prometheus. Um, I still. It's not saying very much. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I thought I thought it was good enough. I just think it's yeah. so it's it's just becoming more and more convoluted and trying to piece the timeline together now because it's like basically just appealing to really hardcore fans and um, I'm not sure the franchise has got much further to go, even though he's slated to make three more. Oh, three more, three more.
2: Because the problem they got now is that he's, it's all prequel, but it's kind of also weirdly a sequel because it's explaining things as well. Yeah, and then yeah. like, if, uh, oh, I just don't want them to touch Ripley. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> I know. want them to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> the please don't. I don't want it to be like David's um, dad or something. I, like, okay. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I, I don't really care about the mythology. I mean, mm. yeah, the first
1: the first film is a pretty straight and on the line horror movie. Second film is a western. Yeah. i don't need a space opera i just want to see lots of you know lots of aliens or so you know in the dark which is another problem with the, the um covenant most of it takes place in sort of bright lights or daylight yeah and yeah and it's like that's not alien
3: i am um, that's the great thing about mythology though is when it's mysterious yeah and once <laughs> exactly. you start explaining the mythology yeah. it becomes much less appealing um and although fans always strive for those answers once you get them um it i think david lynch actually as we're on twin peaks said that mm-hmm. it's like killing the golden goose the goose that lays the golden eggs yeah once you kill off that mystery you've killed off your your IP, so your franchise
0: yeah, well,
3: um we... I, d- I don't really know where it's going to go from here i did find it interesting that the way that ai in the alien movies has shifted like so in the first couple of movies the or was it just one of them where the droid is actually like the good guy? Uh, then in aliens in aliens, yes. and then again in Alien
5: Resurrection,
3: yeah. And yep. now, Land. in spoil- mild spoiler alert, the um, David the android is the villain of the piece, um, yeah. and that just shows like I think the way the public perception about AI has sort of shifted. But that's how it the... was in the first Alien, yeah. Hammer's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. character, yeah, is... yeah, right bastard, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which may be why they're linking it up that way yeah cuz like they were evil before and then they evolved to be just programmed nicer
3: yeah but yeah, I think that what you were saying, Neil, is that the problem with the, the most recent alien movies is that they can't really pick their lane. So I think Prometheus and, and Covenant both um, want to be horror movies. They want to be action movies and they want to do the like deep mythology, like the sort of stuff you talk about in your philosophy, like undergrad course at uni. <laughs> um, and trying to blend all three together just becomes a bit of a mess. And that was the beauty of the first two movies that they were distinctly yeah. action-western or horror movies, and they were good at it.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like, it makes me slightly worried for the, the next Blade Runner film. It's like, if that answers mm. the question once and for all of whether Deckard is a replicant or not, yeah. then yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's all um, over. It's oh, it gone. definitely
5: will, because Ridley Scott has a very firm view on which way it goes. Yeah. He absolutely oh, I, knows what he thinks, and I, I, I'm confident this one. I don't make that clear. Care what he thinks? No, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, what this film will do. Once, he, once yeah. you, do you
1: release think, a piece of film, we release. When you create a piece of art. You have to let go of what people, uh, you know, perceive it. That's. I know. think. I think
2: Ridley really Scott. Like I read, he's 79. I, I, he's just going to die soon. He's just. He's just getting all his ducks. In, he's just getting all his ducks in a row. He yeah. wants to finish everything off. I've Gladiator Two when it was There's all, been it was all it. a dream yeah <laughs> <laughs> no they, they <laughs> were not <nuts> <laughs> for Gladiator Two once Ugh. totally crazy it was oh, going to really. be Russell
5: Crowe being brought back to life by the Roman gods to kill Jesus I was joking and then he was going <laughs> to appear and like it would have a montage near the end of like Russell Crowe fighting in like every war throughout history <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> I know.
2: I kind of wish they actually made it, but uh, yeah, it's like just an actual script commissioned by Netflix series. That
3: That's bonkers.
2: That's where it's all going to go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that was good. Awesome. Slightly off topic, but whatever. It's Friday. Um, uh, uh, who, who was talking about it? Scott, Netflix or Netpricks?
3: Uh Netflix. Neil? Netflix.
2: Dom. Definitely Netflix. Oh, sweet. They're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> they, they already have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Say goodbye, guys. Thanks, guys. Right.
1: Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.